Hi, welcome everybody to another episode of the Rob Genius Podcast. This week, we are in September, which means we are, wow, 2021 is flying by, I tell you, it, and I, crazy, man, but we're almost there. School started back up, everybody, and now we're, football season's about to start. And we got some things to talk about this week. So this week, going no music this week. And just, again, you know, because I've said before about how if I use the music, I got to just stick to Spotify. And so this is going to be a no music week. It's just me talking. So hope you're okay with that. <laughs> but anyway, um, so this week, um have some sports stuff to kick around, some NBA stuff, some NFL stuff. I uh, got some music stuff with uh, Drake and Kanye, and gonna close things out talking about Afghanistan. So let's get this thing rolling. Uh, we're gonna start off with Drake and Kanye. So let's get to it. All right, so in the past week or so, had two new rap albums come out, Drake and Kanye West. And that begs the age-old question, you know, Drake or Kanye, which one is better? And, you know, the Kanye album came out like last week, I think, and people were talking about that. And then the Drake album came out literally like 2 a.m. Friday morning. And now people are talking about that. And then and now there's people debating. Drake or Kanye, Drake or Kanye, Drake or Kanye. And, you know, then, you know, the stands on both sides are you know, getting worked up like they do and all of that. And um, so which one do I prefer? <sighs> Drake or Kanye? Drake? Kanye, Drake or Kanye. Um, actually, I'm just gonna go listen to Low End Theory today. <laughs> right, I mean, look, I, I mean, I've told y'all that's where I am. All right, I, I, I you know, this, 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 the kid stuff just doesn't do it for me now as far as rap music. Okay, and look, well, well, shoot, Drake and Kanye aren't really kid stuff now, but. You know, I guess they're for the young adults or whatever, or maybe even the thirty somethings. But I'm I'm forty seven, so <laughs> they definitely not for me. And you know, I've said that many times. It, you know, is what it is. But um, just found it funny. Um, because well, I mean, Kanye is a loon, so I mean, at this point, you know, giving him like a dollar from my money is something that I'm not really interested in doing. And as for Drake, um, Drake has never really done it for me. I have listened to Drake, and yeah, I mean, just and look, Drake is—he's, I think he's talented. I think he—he's definitely a good rapper. Um. The few songs I've listened to are fine, right? Like, I can understand 
you know, why they did well and why he's sold a lot of records and all of that. I mean, or whatever. Like, I get it. Like, he's good at what he does. He's, like, tapped into the kind of pop culture, you know, waves of the moment and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I've listened to him. And it's just, for me, for what I grew up on, yeah, you know, it's it's just like eh, okay. Then you know that's all. I mean, it's so. Look I mean, to those of y'all who were big on it. You know, good, enjoy. But this kind of stuff are just just a reminder of <laughs> which age demographic I'm in, right? Because I'm I. I I get, I have not listened to one song off of that album, off of either one of them, and I will not be listening to one song off of any, off of either album. And um, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be hoping and praying that another one of uh, that, that no more rappers from my generation come out against the vaccine. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing because so far uh, we've had Busta Rhymes, um, we've had Pete Rock. Um, Maceo from De La Soul. I mean, those are just the ones that I've like seen. And oh boy, I'm sure there are more. I'm pretty sure there are more. There are more. There will be more because you know the rappers that were big with my age group were very much into you know. New World Order, Illuminati, you know, keep your third eye open, and you need to understand what they are trying to do, you know, and that kind of stuff, and, and you know, um, just be, used to be a whole lot of just pontificating about the, you know, the Bilderbergs, and, 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 you know, the Trilateral Commission, and, and, you know, all the, I mean, and look, back in, you know, 1995, you just kind of not, you, you know, you bobbed your head to the music and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> right. And, but I mean, some people did, you know, really take that stuff to heart. Um, I was not one of them, but some people did. So I guess it shouldn't totally shock you that, you know, somewhat 20 years later, 25 years later, that they have finally, they, they think they've hit the mother load finally. just sad to see and i just uh, i hope they all eventually get vaccinated <laughs> but um either way look y'all have fun with drake y'all have fun with kanye um i got plenty of you know old school hip-hop to keep me occupied and and quite frankly i'd rather just do that and you know <laughs> look sometimes you get too old for this stuff and it's a good time to recognize that. <laughs> anyway, and I'll recognize the time to move on. So <laughs> on to the next subject. All right, there's one more music debate to get into here. And that is one that's been raging on my Twitter timeline for the past week to the point where I had to like start muting names because <laughs> it's been that annoying. And that's uh, Janet Jackson versus Madonna. Right, how did this start? I think because I think it was Lizzo 
I'm not sure. I don't remember. Because, because yeah. I don't know. I think that's who said it. Referred to Janet Jackson as the queen of pop. And somebody took offense to that. I don't even know who it was. But as things go on social media and Twitter and the algorithms and all of that stuff, and with the people with, you know, bot accounts and burner accounts and all this stuff, it, it, it turned into this thing now where, like, like real people that I actually know have been, you know, come to the side of Janet Jackson, and then I see all these what look like bots or just, you know, things popping up for no reason, saying, no, it's Madonna. And, you know, and I've seen some people who are, like, fans of both say, look, um, I really love both of them, but, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right, if you want to look at it as objectively as possible... Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, Madonna started having hit songs earlier, but Janet Jackson may have like more number one songs or something. Or I think she she had a longer run as like a number one type of artist, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that because again. The research department is the same as the recording department, which is the same as the editing department here. <laughs> and all of those departments are entirely dependent on how much time I have on my hands. So no, I have not done the deep dive in like research for all of this. I'm sure a lot of you already have. So I'm going, going off of my memories as a fan of music because I grew up as both of them you know, kind of rose in the ranks and all of that stuff. I mean, Janet was making music, you know, with her brothers, and her music career started earlier, but a whole lot of that stuff was trash, okay? <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, it wasn't until, you know, the album Control, which, when she took, which is, of course, when she took control of everything, that, that, that she really took off and I think that was like 1986 and I think Madonna had already put out some stuff that had done really well before then um and like Janet was still going in the early 2000s before the Super Bowl thing happened and I think honestly at that point Madonna was that kind of run her course as like a top charting artist or you know as far as like somebody who puts out new stuff and it goes you know and, and it goes to the top of the charts I think she was done by that point now she's been putting out music because like they never stop putting out music right they, they you know um, even if the new stuff they put out isn't charting anymore and nobody really wants to hear them play it right at their concerts or whatever a lot of these folks, they keep putting out music, right? Because that, that's what they do. Their music, they like making music. But, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, by the, by the early 2000s, Janet still had some, was still 
going strong as far as an artist that makes charts. And Madonna was kind of done. Alright, um, so that, I mean, that's my recollection. Now, as far as the music I prefer, um, I don't know. Well, alright. Like, if you take their, if you take their song, the, excuse me. Alright, like, if you would ask me, like, if, if I were to pick their best stuff, or what I consider to be their best stuff, and compare it to each other, it would probably come out about even. But, Janet has way more songs that, you know, I, I would play right now than Madonna does. <coughs> okay. And that's personal preference. Now, I mean, there's, all the, there's also some other circumstances. Um, I don't know who sold more albums or whatever. Um, my guess would be that Madonna did. Is my guess. And that's for some reasons that have nothing to do with how good or bad either one is as an artist. Um, Madonna's white. And during the 80s in particular, music by white artists went up the charts faster. It got on, you know, it got on the pop charts. Um, Whereas to this day, music by black artists, even if it's nothing like R&B, gets put on the R&B charts, uh, and that causes you a narrower focus. And then, look, in the 1980s, in the 80s and early 90s, being put on the R&B charts instead of the pop charts absolutely gave you a much narrower reach. So yeah, I mean, it is very likely that at the height of her career, Madonna had a bigger reach and more sales and all of that stuff than Janet Jackson did. That is very possible. It's, 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 I dare say it is likely. All right. Um, and then Madonna was very much kind of an MTV all-star. Like, like, damn near every video... There was a point where, like, damn near everything... Every video she made was a big deal on MTV. And she was winning all the... the back when the Video Music Awards were actually a thing... Actually, when they were actually a big deal... Madonna was winning those things all the damn time. Alright? So... Yeah, I would say at the height of her career... At her absolute peak... Madonna probably did sell more stuff and had a bigger reach and everything than Janet Jackson did. And then Janet Jackson also lost, I mean, like a decade of her career or more because of the Super Bowl shit, which I talked about a while back. So, who knows how things would have gone had she not had to take the fall for that. Um, so, circling back to the very beginning of all of this, 
Somebody called Janet Jackson the Queen of Pop. I don't see what the problem is. Right? I mean, I really, I don't see what the problem is. I don't, I don't see the need to ride to the rescue for Madonna or anybody else. Right? Um, I don't. I mean, Janet Jackson has as much a right to that title. And it's not even a real title. It's just, it's a quote from an interview. Good grief. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, this is a prime example of how social media just amplifies just the most benign thing and turns it into the raging controversy of the day. Like, who freaking cares? Right? I mean, I prefer Janet Jackson to Madonna. So, if you're going to ask me who the queen of pop is between the two, that's what I'm telling you. And <laughs> so I was about to make a dirty joke, but I'm not going to do that. Okay, <laughs> I won't do that. But I mean, come on. I mean, is it really getting mad? Is it really worth getting mad about? I mean, seriously. I mean, look, the only the, the worthwhile thing to come out of this. Oh no. I, one thing, really good thing to come out of this is just to see people supporting Janet Jackson. Because like I said, she look, she lost, she got screwed out of a, over a decade of her career because she was the fall woman for that you know Super Bowl nonsense with her and Justin Timberlake. Because she took the fall for that. And she lost a good year, not year, good decade and change, decade and a half. Okay, she was banned from TV networks, banned from award shows, right? Because she took the fall. So it is, you know, it it, it it warms my heart to see people supporting her so, you know, visibly and vocally. Because she deserves that. Okay. Like you can put a damn crown on whoever head you want to. Alright. She deserves the support she gets now. And just like she deserved better than to lose a decade and a half of her career over some bullshit. And and that decade and a half of her career was stolen from her by people like, you know, Les Moonves, the guy who used to be president of CBS. Right? He I mean he was one of the people that basically Conspired to steal her career away from her. He was found to be the, one of the biggest creeps out there. All right. So Janet Jackson deserves any accolade that anybody wants to give her. Okay. Period. End of story. And if you don't like it, if you don't want to hear it, then as far as I'm concerned, you can go jump in a lake. And if, you, and if you survive that, then go find an intersection to go play in. And, and that's that. Okay. Moving on. All right, funny NBA stories. <laughs> Kevin Love indicated that he has no intention of taking a buyout of his contract with Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Kevin Love is owed $60 million. And I guess they thought he was going to take a buyout and go to go, I don't know, play with LeBron again or something. I don't know. And he said, no. Better give me my money. And let me tell you, I do not blame him at all. Okay. If you were worried that he may not be worth $60 million, you know, in the last couple of years of the deal, then you shouldn't agree to pay him that much. All right. I'm sorry. He's going to get $30 million this season coming and $30 million the season after that. And you ask, well, does he deserve it? Yes. Okay. You get what you negotiate. All right. You do. And remember, they can afford to pay him $60 million over the next two years. Okay. They can pay him that. Then that means they're making enough money to pay him that and to not miss it. Well, okay, well, they'll miss it. It's $60 million. But still. Okay. It is not the fault of the player if the team offers them, you know, that much money. All right, it is never the player's fault. They, look, look, the players are not out here engaging in some you know elaborate you know long con to trick teams into offering them more money than they should get that's not going on here all right the players play and the teams make an assessment based on what they see about you know what the market is for those players and the market for kevin love was such that he's getting 60 million dollars in the last two years of his contract all right that was the market Alright, if you think that's too much, then you need to get mad at the team executives or whatever who watched Kevin Love play and decided that that kind of deal was right for him. Okay, somebody watched Kevin Love play and decided that he should get paid that much. So if, if you're if you want to be Mr. Outraged fan, then you need to be outraged at the people who watched Kevin Love play and decided he should get that much money. Because that's how these things work, okay? So Kevin Love didn't trick nobody. Okay. They tricked themselves. And like out in the offhand, I don't know like his injury history or whether it's, you know, whatever, right? But I, mean, I do know that he's not what he is today at he was at the height of his career. You know, which okay, fine. But you know, these contracts that are agreed to, the teams that offer them know they know good and well that when you get to year seven or eight. I mean, I mean, if you're in your mid to late 20s when you sign one of these deals and it's for seven or eight years or something, and then, then the teams know that when you get to be 36, 37 years old, you're not going to be as productive as you are when you're 28. They know that. 
So it's on them. Okay. As the player, you take the money. Why? Because it's sports. And when it's over, it is over. All right. One day, you're going to, you know, there's going to come a day you're either going to retire of your own um, was it volition. Was that the word? I don't know. <laughs> but you're either going to retire on your own or, you know, they're going to tell you, hey, man, it ain't, this ain't it with you no more, brother. Don't nobody want you on their team. And then and you'll be forced to retire, right? It'll be one or the other. So you either choose to retire or you'll get retired by way of people, nobody wanting you. But either way, when that day comes, the big money is over. So you negotiate as much as you can get. And you try to, you know, get it playing in the most favorable conditions you can find. And if you're able to do that, then that's what it's about. It's not about what, you know, you know, sports radio caller guy or gal, you know, thinks. Because, you know, or what sports radio host guy or gal thinks for that matter. Because, you know, those folks, they all love the guy who, they all love players who are like not very good, but occasionally do something right and don't make a lot of money. Right. Like they love those guys. But you don't have to be one of those guys or gals if you're playing like the WNBA or, you know, whatever. You don't have to be one of them. There's absolutely nothing wrong with getting paid $30 million a year. However good or bad you are of a player. Doesn't matter. They agreed to it. They offered it to you. You agreed to it. Get your money, Kevin. And now we're going to break. Back in a minute. All right, and some other sports news. Cam Newton was released by the New England Patriots. Bit of a surprise. Well, it is and it isn't. Because, alright, he... The talk was that he was going to be the starting quarterback. And then week or so ago he got put in like the kind of COVID super secret probation protocol or whatever and uh, which meant he couldn't be around anybody and while that happened the quarterback they drafted the first round Mac Jones went out there and just you know tore it up and to the point where they figured well we were probably going to be starting Mac halfway through the season anyway so we just gonna go on starting now, which is always a possibility. When when you draft a quarterback in the first round, first all right, when when they drafted Mac Jones, the writing was on the wall for Cam Newton, right? Especially because Cam wasn't that good last year. Like he was doing okay at the start, then he got COVID, and then when he came back from COVID, he was all messed up. But basically. 2021 Cam Newton is not a guy who is guaranteed to have a starting job. And if you draft a quarterback in the first round, 
and you got to choose between him and him and 2021 Cam Newton, then unless that guy you draft in the first round is completely inept and just stinks, then you're going to lean towards wanting to start that guy. You know, eventually, or sooner rather than later. And then there's the issue with Cam that he is more than likely unvaccinated against COVID. And that's important because, well, nobody's going to admit to this, or at least, well, actually, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars admitted to it, you know, inadvertently, but other than them, nobody's going to admit to it, but they are absolutely making decisions on who to keep and who to cut based on vaccination status. And if you are anything like on the fringe, if you are expendable in any kind of way and you are not vaccinated, guess what? You out of there. And with Cam... Once they decided it was okay to start Mac Jones, then, I mean... So once they decided they were going to start Mac Jones, I mean, Cam is back up, fam. Well, it, it, it would be fine if he had been vaccinated, but you know, you're not going to take the risk of your backup quarterback, you know, causing a COVID outbreak. You're just not. Now, you'll take that risk with you know Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but you're not going to take it with you know backup quarterback Cam Newton. So they released him. He's out of there. And that is what awaits all second, third string players who don't want to get vaccinated. If you are deemed expendable by the front office, then they gonna get your ass out of there. Because, again, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it to have you there. And, and look, in the 2021 NFL, the backup quarterback in a lot of places is basically somebody you hope never has to play. So, you know, you're risking your season, basically. Possibly, you know, you're, you're putting your team at risk for a COVID outbreak from a guy you hope never you never have to put on the field. Because if, if you the only way your backup quarterback goes on the field is if something really bad happened with the starter. So if everything goes right with Mac Jones, Cam Newton would not have played anyway. So now you're talking about risking COVID outbreak for a guy who, who you really who you are hoping doesn't play. And if that's the case, then you're not going to keep him around. So they got Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer stinks. But it's the same situation where you're hoping he doesn't have to play anyway. You're hoping that Mac Jones plays well enough to stay on the field. And if that happens, then Brian Hoare is not going to play the same way Cam Newton wouldn't have played.
So if that's the case, you don't get vaccinated. And, and, and you're out of there. Because they don't need you. Now, as far as Cam's career, this might be it. Because if he's not if he's not going to get vaccinated, um, now he's not that old. I think he's like 32, 33. But he is beat up real bad. He took a lot of hits in Carolina to the point where that those hits have basically just taken physical ability from him. He can't do it like he used to. And... Okay, why would you why would you bring a guy in who's a potential COVID outbreak causer, spreader, or whatever, who's not gonna play? So no, I mean he may he may get picked up towards the end of the season or something, but I think I imagine in the immediate future it's not gonna happen. Wouldn't surprise me if he missed the whole season. And then after the and if that happens then again 2021 Cam Newton is not a guy that the league is dependent on so that might be he may be done and if that happens um well he's definitely not making a Hall of Fame right but it would just be kind of a sucky ending for what at one point was a really good career so Cam um get vaccinated Maybe you can get signed somewhere. That's, that's pretty much it. Anyhow, I am vaccinated. <laughs> Hope you are too. And I'm about to take a break. <laughs> Back in a minute. Okay. But one subject that uh, I hadn't gotten to in a bit. Um, this whole thing about remote work. Because um, there was basically some, some bullshit story that came out. I think earlier this week or last week, suggesting that there is this silent majority of people who really want to go back to the office because they missed the socialization. Yeah, I don't think so. Not really. Okay, look, I have co-workers that I miss seeing. Yes, I do. But guess what? I found a way to see them. Right. Um, yeah, I mentioned before about going back to play basketball again. Well, the guys I've been playing with are my coworkers that I used to play with at the gym at work. So guess what? I'm getting the interaction with the coworkers that I wanted. Okay. Those of you or including me who were fortunate enough to have coworkers that we actually like to be around. That doesn't really mean we like to be around them at the office. It just means we like to be around them. Well, in some cases, I mean. And, well, excuse me there. I got interrupted. I got a phone call while I was recording the segment here. That's what happens when you record a podcast on your phone. Sometimes people call you and you have to stop and take the call. And this was yet another, the U.S. Home Improvement, whoever the hell these people are. You know, somebody trying to call me and sell me some, some shit for too much, you know. But anyway, back to the matter at hand. Okay, yeah, if you were fortunate enough to have coworkers that you'd like to be around at work, 
there's a good chance that you'd like to be around them, not that you'd like to be around them working, right? Um, and at this point, if you really do like to be around them and you miss being around them, and if they're, you know, adhering to the same type of COVID practices that you are, then there is always the option of getting together outside of work. See, because now, now that you're not like commuting two hours every day and draining all your energy, you actually have some more energy to do stuff like that. Okay. So no, I don't miss being in the office around my coworkers. Okay. And I don't think most of you do either who are working from home. All right. It that's just ludicrous. All right. I damn sure don't miss commuting. All right. I don't think any of you do either. So who do I think is behind this whole thing? Um managers. People who are bad coworkers, you know, like the assholes who like to snoop on everybody and rat you out to the boss. Right? I mean those type of people miss being at the office. You know, micromanaging managers who like to look over your shoulder every five minutes. Those kind of people miss being at the office. And maybe people who used to hook up, <laughs> right? I mean, but if I mean, if you're hooking up with a coworker, you can you don't have to be at the office. Y'all can make y'all hooking up arrangements. You know, text message, DM, FaceTime, whatever. You don't have to be at the office to make your hooking up arrangements if you've been hooking up with a co-worker. Now, if you've been hooking up at the office, I guess that's a bit of a problem. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, because, hey, some people do that. So I can understand maybe if, if you were into that kind of type of thing, maybe, yeah, you do want to be at the office to be back around the people you hook up with. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, other than that, I mean, like you know, like you got the restaurant people who lost business during COVID because you know they were no people working downtown to go out to eat. So I get that, but please do not believe for one second that there is this overwhelming number of like working people who are that anxious to go back to the office. Okay, I guarantee you, we're not. So please beware these, you know, quote unquote articles that are pushing this crap. I mean, when in doubt, ask yourself, you know, if you've been working remote, do you really want to go back and be around them people that much? I mean, like you might not, I'm like, yes, yes, being in the house every day is not without its issues. Trust me, I, I, you know, about a year and a half ago, maybe, I think I told y'all, it got to the point of me having a panic attack because I was in the house every day, not going anywhere, and every day you had news on and it's just COVID, 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 you know, I mean, okay, yeah, but <sighs> that's not the case now. 
I guarantee you whatever whatever thing you wanted to do with your coworkers, you can do outside of work. More than likely. Again, like I said, unless you were the, 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 the hookup with coworker guy or gal and y'all were hooking up at the office and for whatever reason y'all really ain't trying to hook up at home. Okay. I mean if that's you, then you know, okay. Um don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> I really don't, sorry. But anyway, yeah, just beware of this stuff because they just, you know, again, this is capitalism run amok. Right? The managers want you to come, the, you know, the, the the bad managers want you to be there so they can look over your shoulder and bug you to death. The bad coworkers want you to be there so they can be nosy as hell and, and rat you out to the boss. Right? And, and then, you know, all the kind of businesses that kind of fed off of people being downtown. Now, those folks are hurting. So I completely understand if, you know, them wanting us to come back. But they're not talking, but these people writing these stories are not talking to those folks. They're talking to supposedly office working people. They're not talking to the restaurant owners and the little, you know, drugstore owners and, you know, and they're not talking to those folks. They're talking, they're allegedly talking to people who work in offices. And them folks ain't trying to go back there, be around them people. They're really not. Again, we're at the point where if you miss your co-workers, y'all can, y'all can set up stuff outside of work. So go do that. And don't listen to these people because they're going to have you back in the office miserable. And we're not doing that if we don't have to. <laughs> not at all. But we are going to move on to the next subject now. So <laughs> moving along. Um, so it is official. We have withdrawn from Afghanistan. And um don't know exactly how to feel. Um, I think getting out was the right decision. I don't think that it was going to be any better after 25 years or 30 years or 40 years than it is than it was now. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't make up for the lives that were lost. That make up for civilians that were killed, um, all that stuff. You know, us getting out now doesn't make up for people who had come here as refugees. Doesn't make up for people who were injured. All that. Um, now, as to whether we should have gone in there in the first place, I don't know. I mean, going into Afghanistan is you know, just tactically and whatnot has long been, you know, known to be a, a not very good idea. You know, um, and then, you know, 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 happened, you know, um, we were all shook. Yeah, look, it's, it's, pretty in vogue for people to say now that, well, I was for Afghanistan, but I wasn't for going into Iraq. And from what I remember, like, everything happened so fast with Afghanistan. Like, I mean, 9-11 happened, and, you know, I just remember being scared.
when it happened, I mean, I was at work. You know, I worked in D.C. I was at work, and you know, I was in one of those old Yahoo, you know, groups with some friends of mine, and like those are ba- those were like the group chats of old. And, you know, we were just shooting the shit as always. And then somebody in the group was like, like, hey, a uh, plane hit the World Trade Center. All right. And um, that just sounded, you know, crazy. Right. Because it was just crazy. It sounded crazy. Like, you know, um. Because on the one hand, I mean, with so many planes that fly, you know, over New York and all whatnot, I mean, it shouldn't seem far-fetched that some plane veers off the path and flies into some building, right? Um, But it just never, because it never actually happened, then this time that it did, it's just like, what in the hell? Right, and then, I mean, you just thought it was some kind of a crazy accident or something. Right, and then, you know, not too long after that, then, like, a plane hit the Pentagon. And at that point, you know, that's when I knew. Right, I mean, plane hits the World Trade Center, just some weird, crazy thing. Another plane hits the Pentagon shortly afterward. You know, all right, this is an attack. We're being attacked here on, you know, American soil, right? We're being attacked. Not And not, you know, Pearl Harbor, which was, you know, Hawaii, way out in the middle of the ocean, on the mainland. We were being attacked. And what the hell does that even mean? So... You know, people around the office were kind of chattering, like, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? People turned to CNN, you know. And we're trying to listen to find out, and you hear that the towers in the World Trade Center were collapsing. And then, you know, we get this evacuation order. You know, everybody's got to go. And people who had cars got in the cars and went. And then you heard that, well, the metro was down. So you can't, if you took the subway, you can't take it out. So you had to, you know, you had to find, you had to scramble to find somebody who had a car. Which I did. And then we're riding out, out of D.C. And you're just kind of looking up in the sky, just wondering, like, like, oh my God, what's next? And then you hear, you know, we had the radio on and they're just rumors. Like, because... Just you're hearing just crazy stuff, crazy rumors. You're all plane hit the State Department, plane hit the Capitol, and you know you don't know if any of this stuff. You know, you're like, you know, you're not sure if any of this stuff is actually happening or not. And and you're you know and and you're scared, man. Particularly if you were in New York or D.C. Because that's where the stuff actually happened. And. You know, we got home, everybody gets home, everybody calls the people. Make sure everybody's okay. And unfortunately, 
3,000 people were not. You know, and then you turn on the news and then you, you finally see what's going on. And it's like, oh my God. Like, how did this happen? And then, you know, you got to go to work the next day. In the same city that was attacked. Right? And you're just... And, and then for a while you were just scared. And in the midst of all of that, you know, we're going into Afghanistan, you know, and like, I, I don't even remember, you know, the actual approval being given by Congress and all that. I know what happened, but it just went so fast and we're over and, and we're there and we're going and there wasn't much dissent because we were all the same we were all scared and as soon as some word got out like okay this is where the dudes are that planned it we collectively were like well go get them motherfuckers and then that over time turned into we got to re- you know, build Afghanistan and build up a democracy, you know, mission creep, basically. And then all these years later, it just wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. Or it only worked when we were the, you know, when we had to have, you know, military, you know, we had to basically be the military. Right? That was, and then, but when it wasn't that, when we were not being the military, Things didn't go well. And we kept going, we kept going, we kept going 20 years. And now we're out. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't have an answer. I mean, there were people there that needed to get got. And we did get them. But after that, I don't know. There's only so much we can do. Um, no matter how how great our military is and all that, there's only so much we can do. And we found out the hard way. So now I just hope that nothing ever happens that makes us need to go back. I hope that you know, the people who settle here as refugees find a home and are able to make it here. Um, I hope and pray for the, you know, people who were killed in action during this withdrawal and injured and all of them and their families. And I'm actually going to gonna mention some of them later. But, um, yeah, um, I think we did the right thing to get out. I think it was the right decision. But um, it's a mess. We left a mess behind, and, you know, it was a mess the whole time we were there. So, we'll see what happens, and uh, be right back. All right, I'm going to take a moment here um, to read some names. Um, yeah, I think I talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Afghanistan and all that. Um, fortunately, over the past week... We had about almost around a dozen people over there killed in action. And look, I'm, you know, I don't, 
you know, I'm in a bit of a weird place about all the, you know, the flag waving kind of stuff and all that, you know. Um, I'm not big on just outright jingoism at all. But as I've mentioned a million times, you know, my father served over 30 years in the U.S. military. Um, so I 100% consider myself to be a patriot. And not in the sense that, you know, I'll defend our country no matter what policy we have. No, no, not like that. Um, just in the sense that Well, I live here, right? Um, not leaving. So, you know, our country has stated ideals, which it very often does not live up to. But there have been times when it has. Um, you know, and I. I guess I'm enough of one to recognize the service and sacrifice of men and women who put on that uniform. And, and yeah, a lot of them are deployed over some bullshit. A lot of them should not be deployed at all to the places they've been deployed to. Um, a lot of them put that uniform on because it was a career. Which, you know what, I mean, a lot of people do. But through all of that, you know, they put on that uniform and they get deployed and they go over there and, you know, most of them do their duty and their stated duty is to defend the Constitution and their stated duty is to take on people that would look to do us harm. And while those threats are often exaggerated, made up even, there are some that do exist. I said that a couple weeks ago. All right. There are some bad people out there. And they're not all, you know, and all they were not all provoked by us. All right. And so many of these men and women put that uniform on and they go over to these places with the notion that they're going to fight the bad people. Now, obviously that notion isn't always correct. But, you know, when, when there's a chance to give some of them some recognition, I think it's okay to do that. Because they're being sent over to fight by people that we vote for. And most of the time we don't get mad enough about it. To really flip the apple cart over. Right? Most of the time we don't. Most of the time all we care is that nothing blows up over here. Alright? And we treat those men and women so terribly when they come back. The ones who, who do make it back. 
You know, we, we treat them just like trash. So many of them. So th these young men and women, they were killed in action over there. And I happened to see a list of their names as I was scrolling through Twitter. So I'm going to read their names. Lance Corporal Riley McCollum. Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz. Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza. Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nakui. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Mirola. Navy Hospital Man Maxton W. Sovic. Corporal Hunter Lopez. Corporal Dagan William Tyler Page. Corporal Humberto A. Sanchez. Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pichardo. Sergeant Nicole L.G. U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Knox. And Marine Corps, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover. And um, Sergeant Hoover was 31 years old. The rest of these folks were 25 and under. And five of them were 20 years old. Um, that's a damn shame. Not that we better, not that it would be better if they were 50, right? But I mean, these are, these are babies. And you know, we're talking about 20 years now of the you know so-called war on terror, right? So five of those five of those service people were born the same year as 9/11. I said a couple of weeks ago that there are people who you know deployed in 2001. Who have, you know, been there long enough to have a grown child serving next to them. And I imagine in some cases that that very that happened. Um, so again, this is not an endorsement of twenty years in Afghanistan. Not an endorsement of all the other you know, bullshit we deploy military to do. Um. But these men and women sacrificed. And I just felt like, you know, somebody should call their names. Right? And particularly somebody who, you know, doesn't know them, right? Because, um, you know, they're people. They got mothers, they got fathers, they got brothers, they got sisters, they got younger brothers and sisters. You know, some of them might have spouses, right? Um, they're human beings that we send over there. And they made the ultimate sacrifice. And again, it's a sacrifice that we don't particularly get too mad about here, if we're going to be honest. So, just felt it was a good idea to do that, to give them some recognition here. And if by some chance any one of their families is hearing this, you know, I, 
my condolences and prayers are with you. And I hope and pray that their sacrifice is not in vain. And I hope and pray that you find the families of these men and women get you know, the help they need to get through this. And that's it. Um, so, um, get back in a minute. All right, so that's it for this week. Um, y'all enjoy y'all Labor Day weekend. Go, you know, if you're going to celebrate it some kind of way, please celebrate it safely. Right, don't be all up in people's houses, you know, 20-some deep in some room somewhere. All right, and, you know, the variants are still working here, okay? But I'm um, also, uh, to, to, um, you know, my heart goes out to all you guys up, in, up there in the New York area who are struggling with the flood. Um, hoping this gets cleaned up. Hoping it doesn't happen again. At least no time soon. And hoping that anybody who needs some type of monetary help up there gets it. Um, and you know, I'm, I will myself look for some way to shoot a few dollars to, you know, if there's, if there's some, you know, nice legit way to send a few dollars that, you know, you can be sure people are going to get it, then that's, you know, that's the best way to do it. And look, if you know somebody, you know, personally who's dealing with it, just shoot this cash app them some money or whatever. That goes about down in uh, Louisiana too, because I know they they got hit pretty hard down there too. Other than that, um, that's it, man. Um, look, so again, y'all be safe out there. Y'all look out for yourselves. Look out for each other. Um, though I know things look really bleak right now on a lot of different fronts, and. All we can do is do our best to pull together and do something about these these problems that keep popping up. I mean, there's some there's things with the flood, you know, COVID still around here. Um, we got a, some serious Supreme Court stuff going on. You know, maybe I'll talk some about that next week. A lot of things, just a lot of things, and they're not gonna fix themselves. All right, they're not. They're, you know, they're not gonna get better if we just kind of put our heads down and hope that they do. So, whew. you know, but 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 to get moving on those things. We got to see and respect the humanity in one another. And you know, we have to see that, you know, well, you have to put helping other people be able to live in a better world. You got to put that on the higher priority than 
your own kind of comfort level that you've developed in the world that exists. And that's what it's going to take. Well, that's just the beginning, but you got to start there. But anyway, that's it for this week. So, look, y'all take care. God bless you guys. Talk to y'all next week.